0: You know, the Sounders are now MLS Cup champs, the Seahawks in first place, the Huskies have a new head coach on the football team.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to Femi and Ferrari. Mike, it's been too long. It's been too long. You know, we've talked about this with the two of us and our schedule and the way it goes. It's crazy to think we work together, but we can't seem to get our time to do our podcast, so it's good to talk to you and... (laughs) I thought you were going to start off like talking about the MLS Cup. I was like, "Whoa, dude! We have like major stuff that went on the past couple of days, and so we also forgot what happened." Actually, yeah, it's been that they long. won, right? They yeah. won, and that's because the they detail. start practice in a week. So, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> not really, but I mean,
0: with all the things that have changed, yeah. the one thing did remain the same: the Huskies won the Apple Cup,
1: right? Seven in a row, <laughs> so. unbelievable. Mike Mike Leach absolutely blasted John Blanchett, the spokesman review. Yeah, um, I find Leach often amusing. But to treat someone like that... It was a little I, low. I mean, yeah. And I think you see the difference in coaches, and everybody's their own individual, but Chris Peterson would never do that. Or, or Urban Meyer in his prime, I think, would ever do that. Yeah. Y- you know, uh, Kyle Whittingham, guys like that. Um, they're few and far between. I know. I, I, I think yeah. Harbaugh got a little rattled this week with a he did? A, a press guy that was kind of uh, pushing him on the Ohio State stuff. But I thought it was kind of low, to tell you the truth. Yeah. So. Well, we Not have bigger cool. fish to fry. Bigger fish to Speaking fry. Speaking yeah. of head coach, I mean,
0: <laughs> my goodness, I mean, all of yesterday, waking up, you know, we're talking about Seahawks Vikings. Yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was, I was in my middle of my workout, right, and we doing the bike at the gym and everything, and then I just see the notification pop up on my phone, and I see Como News retweeted, and I was just like, right, wait, I look at it sideways. I had my phone sideways, and I was like, oh my god, this is Chris Peterson stepping down, right. What was the first thing that went through your mind when you found out that Peterson is stepping down as head coach here at the University of
1: Washington? Two things that, that happened. I was out with my dogs, and I don't take my phone because I, I need some peace during the day. And I, I usually go out with my wife for a hike with both my dogs, and I just just get away. So I came back, and actually, what I, my son who's really into sports and on Twitter and is always you know telling me stuff sometimes before I can even learn it myself mm. sends me a text about Mike leach told Miss and <clears throat> Chris Peterson stepping down and I was like Mike leach and, and then he's, he he then he texts me quickly after he goes all oh, the Mike leach stuff was false <laughs> and he didn't say anything about Peterson so I was <laughs> yeah. like is are, is this is this true is both these guys what and then I looked into it further and then I looked over my work phone and I had like four calls and I was like oh boy that's that. That's kind of crazy. That was that was a shocker. I thought he'd stay on Montlake for a long time. I mean, they kind of yeah. looked to him as being the next Don James. Were you shocked as well? I mean, uh, stunned.
0: Like yeah, I was stunned. You know, I mean, like we talk about. Like you mentioned the whole Leech stuff, and I had seen the the mm-hmm. fake graphic that they had made, but like. Coming from Spokane, Leach is the guy that's always been like, all right, he's going to leave. He's going right. to leave. It was a yearly thing that his name was kind of being thrown out there with a lot of vacancies, especially with the schools in the SEC, and now there's two of them with Ole Miss and Arkansas now. Mm-hmm. But Peterson, like you mentioned, he seemed like a lifer at UW. You know, right. He's been here six years. The program, I think, was ahead of schedule. I mean, a playoff in year three and two uh, Pac-12 title championships, but... I mean, you know, the grind of the job can sometimes lead you to maybe reassess, reevaluate, mm-hmm. and as he put in his own words, now it's about rest, recharge, and and redirected.
1: Yeah, uh, both Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer did the same thing, mm-hmm. and these are three coaches now as Chris Peterson joins them that are under sixty that are having this reevaluation of life. Yeah, uh, because it is a grind, and be I I think if it was just about the football. The X's and O's and game planning. Chris Peterson probably could stay there until he was seventy. Yeah. I think when it comes to pandering to teenagers, Twitter, social media, uh, you know, an alumni base that maybe has great expectations every single year as I think, every college football program does. Oh, yeah. the most um, irrational yeah, fans in sports, exactly. college football fans, especially in the SEC. <laughs> uh, but it's just constant, and you know, I he is doing what a lot of people I think wish they could do. Because he's financially set. There are people going to their jobs and been in the same thing for 30, 40 years, excuse me, that don't want to be there. That wish they could recharge the batteries, but financially they can't do that. The the game took care of him financially, so now he can take some time off, take care of his family, take care of himself.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I think like that having that freedom to be able to do that, I think, is what a lot of people admire. Yeah. Once the shock and everything kind of wears off and you're just like, wow, like how cool is that for somebody... At the peak of his profession, you know, it doesn't get too much bigger than being a Power 5 football head coach in college football other than the selective handful of jobs that are probably the peak of the peak. But someone at the peak of their profession having the perspective to kind Mm -hmm. of be like, hey, I don't like where this is headed. I don't like what this is doing to me or my family. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of just more so speculation. He seems like everything is going well. right? But to have that perspective to say, hey, I need to step back. And although things are on the – surface and right now hey things look pretty good you know we had one down year but you know overall things are going right. really well at Washington that maybe I need to kind of step away and it'll be better for me and then what we learned at the press conference in his opinion he thinks it'll ultimately be better for the program
1: and if if Chris Peterson's coaching a practice and he sees that a one of his players is given 80% he'd be the first guy to come down on him yep but the same token He's the guy that knows if he's only given 80% or 60% and the fire is not burning like it should be, that he'd be shortchanging guys. And so Jimmy Lake comes in and he's got that fire burning. And, you know, they've worked together for a long time. Chris Peterson trusts Jimmy Lake. I think they'll be good defensively. They have some things to figure out offensively. And and, uh, Jimmy said they're going to reevaluate the coaching positions after the bowl game. Mm. And and you know he's going to need to do that. He's going to have to have his own stamp uh, on on the program. And I I think, offensively, it's been a struggle for for them, especially this season. I think one of the things that
0: stood stood out to me in the press conference this morning, and I'm going to just remember it probably for the rest of my uh-huh. life, is Peterson was asked when did you start to think about this and when did you know this was the right decision right. for what you. you say? And he said it. I started thinking about this during last year's Rose Bowl, right after last year's Rose Bowl, kind of reflecting a couple months afterwards and just kind of thinking about how he didn't appreciate the game he didn't appreciate that week leading up to the game. Hmm. And I think it was just, you know, I mean, you go back to last August, not last, not this past August, but August of 2018, and a lot of the discussion about that Husky team, Browning and Gaskin senior year, playoff right. potential, Auburn game, had a chance to maybe go back to a, a second playoff in three years, and it didn't really work out as planned. They lose that game. The Oregon loss, right, which was yeah. a heartbreaker, kind of you know, things just Cal, didn't really right? broke that their way. Yeah. The Cal disaster. Um and it was a 10 and 3 season in the regular season but hey you won a Pac-12 title which is nothing to scoff at Mm-mm. and you went to the Rose Bowl which outside of winning a national championship or playing in a playoff that's as good as it gets for a Pac-12 school right and it's despite that and i think collectively i don't know if, how it was with the media cuz i wasn't here at that time but i know me being a fan on the outside i mean it did feel like a consolation prize uh, I know from the message boards and the, the Twitter and social media, a lot of fans were, despite going to the Rose Bowl, were like, hey, this is kind of a disappointing season. I don't know if Peterson the maybe... the Rose Bowl. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if Peterson maybe himself got caught up in that hmm. or with his expectation maybe being so high and yeah. wanting to send out those guys like Browning and Gaskin out the correct way and, and then then they ultimately lose to Ohio State, which, I mean, at that point it's like, you know, hey, that happens. But, I mean... The fact that he said that he wasn't able to appreciate that game and something he's been working for his whole life. I mean, when you're a football coach and you grow up in the Northwest or West Coast, every coach's dream is to coach in that game. January 1st, the Rose Bowl, you know, that's the big stage. The granddaddy of them all, as the late Keith Jackson coined it. Right. And he didn't really gain an appreciation for... or didn't have an appreciation for that. He just kind of just, I guess, went about it as as a week and just never really soaked it all in. And I think that's really in his words, said that that was the loud and clear message of, hey, whoa, what's going on mm-hmm. here? Maybe I need to reevaluate. And that's, it's, it's interesting to, for him to kind of just disclose that information for, for the public.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Um, and it's cool that he had the, you know, wherewithal to, to, to notice that. But when you're in that profession, or you're in a lot of professions, mm-hmm. you're going 80 to 100 miles an hour. 185, 180 in his, in his right, opinion, right. You know, and it's going said. nonstop if you're going to be successful. I mean, look at us. I mean, it's the, the TV stuff during football, we, we just we just go. Yeah. I mean, we we haven't even had time to sit down and do a podcast. Let alone go <laughs> grab a pizza. You know what it's I mean? Almost it's a month. Just go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. We go and do the apple cup. Come back. I run back to the eleven. I mean, it's just nonstop. And when do you get to reassess and and rejuvenate the mind and all that? Is when you're done. Uh, and you know, it's interesting that. He was moving so fast in that moment to prepare for Ohio State that he actually had that moment to say, I'm not appreciating this ride right now. Yeah. You know, and that, that's hard to do because we get so caught up in everything, and especially with coaches who are so under, under so much pressure to just win, win, win. Um, and that Ohio State team was really good. You know, I mean, I think they <laughs> they good. knew going in there they were up against it, but. and it was and it was Urban Meyer's last game, right? And we that know. might have added something to it as well. Yeah. I mean, looking across the field at a guy that's you know, I mean, look at Urban Meyer on TV. Who knows what he's going to do next? But he looks relaxed, and um, I I don't quite see Chris Peterson doing TV work though. No. I mean, I know he was asked about that, but I just certain guys are cut out for that. And That's nothing against him. I just don't I don't know if he'd enjoy it. Yeah, you know what I mean, and. It, What they did say in the press release and everything is that
0: he'll be kind of around the university and the athletic department in an advisory role. Right. And what that entails, he said that he and athletic director Jennifer Cohen are still trying to figure that out. He did mention he doesn't really want it to be with football. He hmm. says that, hey, I want to kind of go and just be able to talk to anybody. Any advice, anyone who needs it, doesn't necessarily have to be football. He's like, I've given those guys too much advice. They're probably glad that I don't give them right. any advice anymore, right. you know. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what role he takes. He said he is passionate in helping, and especially with the young kids, the youth. He, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, any uh, person who's been a college coach or doesn't have to be football is, of course, going to kind of have that sort of passion, and so... I'm just interested to see what path he takes, you know, and maybe after a year, maybe he decides to jump right back in and say, hey, I want right. to coach football again. Because he's, he's, he's not retiring. He said he's, that. Yeah, he's not, he's not retiring. He says, you know, he says, I know that I don't, I don't want to do nothing, is what right. I know. So, I mean, best of luck to him, but it'll be interesting to see how it kind of how all unfolds. How will you remember Chris Peterson? You were here for all of his years covering him and everything and I mean he, he wasn't the friendliest with media but yeah. you know he's, he's a football coach so that's kind of expected but a lot of success on Montlake.
1: You know he was always personally pretty good to me when we did stuff. We, we've we had a long history with the Huskies at Como going back to Keith Jackson and Bruce King and um, you know we he wasn't big into one-on-one stuff but we went to Hawaii for his opener. We, we did a one-on-one with him before we went. We were doing a couple specials. He you know when it worked for him he came down and, Did one-on-ones, you know, he's nice, nice enough guy. Well-read, you know, has so many other interests. Uh, And they did a thing for us one time um, with the media, where he wanted to really let people know what the program was like and kind of let us see what he sees and how he goes about his business. And I'll never forget. There was, (laughs) it it was like you know, it was it was an off-the-record type of thing, and it was a whole thing where he had like this circle of pictures and there was like a kid with a beer bong and there was a dog, (laughs) you know, all these different things and I go on and on, but basically when you're a student athlete, the picture of the kid with the beer bong is like, this is not your life. This is going to be different for you. This is, this is not going to be you on a Thursday night. You're going to be at study table. You can't do that. I mean, you'll blow off steam at some point, I'm sure, but you're here to do a job. That's basically, your your existence is going to be different. The funniest thing was, he talked about having 100 kids in the dog. <laughs> and he said, you know, you if you could rank your kids in responsibility or somewhere like that. He goes, number one, number two, number three, just the greatest kid. You trust them with your daughter or do do anything. He goes, and then you have 97, 98, 99, 100. They're kind of, you know, you don't, you don't know, they're good kids, <laughs> but you don't know what they're going to do. He goes inevitably 97 98 99 100 are the ones that get a dog (laughs) 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 when when one two and three did not yeah you know what i mean and so it's just kind of interesting the the challenges i think they face with with different kids and and what they do but the perspective that i never i never forget about that because they see all different types of kids and different backgrounds and you got to mold them to think like like you're thinking and and come together for the common good but I thought he was first class. Um, I did not like his media policies, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't care. I mean, he yeah. has to win if that works. And I think the big thing is just injuries. I mean, I, if there weren't guys counting injuries, and rep- I mean, because yeah. there, there's no formal injury report like the NFL, no. if there was something like that, I think we'd probably get in and see probably. practice more.
0: And we might be inching toward that in yeah. college football, maybe in a handful of years. Here. They should,
1: but I think that was the, that was that's my only complaint. But that's just because we work in TV and we want fresh video. That's yeah, exactly nothing personal. Television, yeah, for tel- all who are <laughs> unaware, vision like as in seeing it. Yeah, on Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: uh, we put up a poll on our Como Sports. Uh, Twitter page. I don't know if folks have been able to get a chance to do that, but the question was how would you evaluate Chris Peterson's six-year tenure as the head coach? And it was meet, met expectations, exceeded expectations, mm-hmm. or below expectations. And overwhelmingly 52% exceeded expectations, with 30% saying met, 17 saying below. But, I mean, I think it's it, if you're fairly evaluating him, you have to say he exceeded. I think so. You know, it's it's really what the job he did and the staff, you know, as being a fan, I tweeted out, I want to say, or, like, when they first hired him, I think it was almost seven or six years ago to the date, I want to say,
1: right.
0: yeah, that I said, hey, within four years, the Huskies will make appearance in the playoff. He did it in three. Right. And that just shows when a person as special as a Chris Peterson on this level, he'd done so well at Boise State, going to so many BCS Bowls, who could forget the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and... It was always the interesting question: What would he do if he ever had Power Five resources? And I think he more than just he showed n- yeah. expectations. He showed that he could put a national title contender on a field, and he did it in just three years. And that really was the gold standard and the best Husky year since the two thousand team that won the Rose Bowl with Yesa yeah. and those guys.
1: It's pretty awesome. And what, what, one thing that's that's funny too about the timing of things, you know, Sarkeesian left on the day of a Monday Night Football game too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that had a, had a big deal. But I, I think uh definitely exceeded expectations. And we saw what he could do with the resources. And I think it set him up for that next step if there is one. I think because today mm. he said he wish, he hopes that he doesn't have to coach again or whatever. Yeah, he's hoping but that it doesn't have might to be, be football.
0: There. But, the, you know, these guys are yeah. grinders,
1: man. The, mm-hmm. itch, the itch will come back.
0: It's just whether he scratches it or not.
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, some guys get off and... They get off a, a, away from work, and, and they realize, you know, I, I can't sit still. Yeah. He seems like a guy that – but it seems like, you know, we all have things we want to do in life, and sometimes work gets in the way. And like I said, going back, he's got that ability to maybe go to Europe for a month. I mean, when yeah. I, when, when Bob Rondo retired, I, I talked, I said, Bob, what are you going to do? He goes, I want to take a fall in of, of football. He goes, I want to go to the University of Wisconsin for a game. And then I want to go see Lambeau Field and the Green Bay Packers. That's cool. That's something he couldn't do.
0: That's really right? cool.
1: It's something he couldn't do. Want to go to Camp Randall. Want to just, you know, no family there. He just, it was just something he wanted to do. Yeah. So you have, you know, freedom. So I, I wish him luck. I hope he has a great time. And uh, I know he's got two teenage boys. And so uh, I hope they enjoy having their dad around. It's pretty cool.
0: It's going to be really awesome. And and now he turns the keys over to the man on your screen, Jimmy Lake. Jimmy Lake. 42 years old. has been with Peterson for quite some time now taking over uh, a program that is in a healthy spot, I would say. Yeah. You know, this year there's the frustration of the, they failed to meet expectations. They're 7-5 regular season, but they, they beat their rival. That's one of the important things you want to do in a, in a college football season. But they have some really talented recruiting classes coming in mm-hmm. over the next handful of years here. And it's it's go time, right? Jimmy Lake said at the press conference, he says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a competitive person, I'm an aggressive person, and that's the kind of program that we're going to have here and I guess hey it's
1: you're up Jimmy (laughs) yeah highly regarded I mean I think a lot of people knew who or know who Jimmy is and and his ability to connect with recruits and his energy and and what his defenses have done and so you know now it's now it's it's his program though being the head coach is a lot different than being the coordinator Mm -hmm. the coordinator is coming up with the game plan while the head coach is doing a radio show you know what I mean things like that it's it's completely different and for him, it, I don't think it's going to be that drastic of a change because he was so close to Chris Peterson. He saw everything that was going on, and he'll probably still have a pretty good hand on the defense. But I think a defensive mind could actually benefit the offense much more than maybe it was mm-hmm. right now, you know, going, moving forward with a different coordinator. I mean, not, I don't know if Bush Hammond is going to stay or not, but I, I can only imagine mm-hmm. that maybe some of the changes will come on that side of the ball.
0: And I think that's the important thing to note, because it felt like there was an emphasis from Lake, uh, a little bit from Cohen, but mostly from Lake, saying that, hey, I know the recipe, our staff knows the recipe from Coach Peterson, and we're going to follow that recipe, so... I wouldn't expect a whole lot to change, at least in the way they run the program. No, He yeah. did mention when I asked him about, hey, like, what about the what kind of growth potential does this team have? You know, Peterson a couple weeks ago said that, hey, the expectation here is to win the Pac-12 every year. And so and I was like, hey, can you guys build on that? And he said that, hey, they're, like, this is a team that is, you know, it's, we're ready to roll. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of potential. And he mentioned that we're going to be different on offense. We're going to be different on special teams. Mm-hmm. So defense, like you mentioned, he'll obviously have a hand on that. But offense, he did mention that he, being a defensive guy, knows what he hates to face, right. and he believes that will help in terms of, I guess, reinvigorating this offense that has kind of lost its way ever since Jonathan Smith left for Oregon State.
1: Right, and I, and I I I think I may have said this the biggest loss overall for the Husky offense was Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I. I I love to watch that guy play. And just what he did and the versatility and the attitude he brought to that off. I, I thought Browning was very underrated, especially with a little bit of the attitude. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, Gaskin just gave them so many different options. He was so slippery. He was so good in short yardage situations, turning into these big runs. Remember the Apple Cup last year? In oh, the yeah. snow. So just Plowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need those players to emerge. And, you know, Oregon's young. They they don't have a veteran team. I think Utah is loaded with seniors. Yeah. Um, but the Huskies are real similar. I don't, I don't know if as many young players are getting experience as Oregon players got this year. Yeah. But I mean they're a young team, and so a lot of kids I think are going to have chances to come in, and play. And maybe maybe the way Lake handles young players is going to be different than the way Peterson did. You it know, maybe there'll be more of a competitive aspect of here's your opportunity if you're going to be a freshman and you know. Be an ace of Turner Then maybe you should Should play You know okay. I mean what, what they had Going on in the secondary So Yeah I'll be, I'll be, It'll be It'll be fun to watch I like Jimmy Lake I think it'd be, uh, it would be It's a good fit And I, I I wish him nothing but the best
0: Yeah Very personable guy Oh you yeah know, You meet him You see him You see the instant charisma You're like Oh I get why charisma. recruits mm-hmm. uh, Fall in love with this guy Because you know He has that He has that juice That factor When he right. walks into a room And really commands a room And I think that's what They're kind of looking for at, at U-Dub You know When when you're, when you're replacing A coach that Has the stature Of a Chris Peterson It's almost like You need that Kind of guy That yeah. comes in And says Hey like command I'm going to Plant my flag mm-hmm. I'm going to Command a room And like Hey this is how We're going to Do things here And we're going To the next level And that's something That Jimmy Lake Feels that that he can do here, you know, and it's uh, the contract he signed was five year contract up to sixteen million dollars. Mm. Um, new car so, for Jimmy. So yeah, new yeah. car for Jimmy. Making three million this year and then a little <laughs> over three each year. Wow. So the, that, that'll be will be pretty nice for. It'll be some nice Christmas gifts yeah. coming up for the good, Lake House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, how, how long <laughs> before we start calling it the Lake Show on the Lake? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, know, the Lake we, Show I mean, on the, the Lake. Possibilities are endless <laughs> really? with that last name. It's pretty awesome. It
0: really is awesome, and I'm, I'm curious to see kind of the formula they go about. If they do, I mean, let's it's the elephant in the room. The, the offense has kind of been stagnant the last two right. years, I would say. And I'm interested to see if he does make a change on the staff. He was asked that nothing will change until after the bowl game. We're going to sure. see this out with Coach Peterson as the head coach. This whole lead-up to the bowl game, he'll be the head coach. Then afterwards, it'll be my team. But he said that changes that, if they are made, will be made after the bowl game. And I'm wondering if that's going to be something with the play caller. Uh, Bush Hamden has been under a lot of scrutiny uh, Mm -hmm. over the last couple years with this offense. And the two places that you mentioned earlier, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and handing the keys over to... Uh, a young head coach, you know, Bob Stoops left in the middle of the summer, and then all of a sudden Lincoln Riley and now he's a monster down there in Norman. Right. And then Ryan Day getting the job um succeeding uh Urban Meyer. But those both those guys are offensive coaches. Right. Lake is Lake is a defensive guy. Yeah. So does he now maybe go out and the one example that comes to my mind is maybe Ed Orgeron and L S U mm-hmm. being a, a heavyweight recruiter being a charismatic guy, knowing about defense and all that stuff. Orgeron did the smart thing of getting a talented play caller from the New Orleans Saints. Now we've seen LSU kind of just take off here and this year in line for a playoff berth. Right. Do the Huskies maybe try to go find that talented play caller of their own to pair up with Lake and what they do on the defensive side of the ball and you know, with the talent that they're bringing in, you know, sky yeah. might be
1: the limit. I think you got to look at jimmy's coaching tree his stops guys that he's met guys that yep. he has mutual respect for um guys that i mean i think you, you alluded to it earlier he knows what he hates to face yeah what what offensive coordinator just drove him nuts grind, yeah what what did he like god that guy's good maybe that's the guy that's in yeah. the conversation i don't think here, it'll you know? be leech but i i do not <laughs> think so <laughs> don't, don't expect don't the air raid so. on Mont Lake. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll be a young guy that can recruit as well on that side of the ball. So
0: Yeah. yeah it, 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 a lot of possibilities for this Husky program. Sunday, we'll figure out what bowl game they're going to. Yeah. And then uh, it sounds like it could be Red Box or Holiday Bowl. It seems like the two most likely destinations. Mm-hmm. Depending on what happens, of course, in the Pac-12 title the game. Playoff. If Utah ends up going to the playoff or if they get left out of the playoff, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. And if Utah goes to the playoff, does Oregon get a New Year's 6 or does Oregon get knocked down? Right, yeah, but, that'll be interesting. But it'll be interesting to see how that stuff all unfolds. We'll learn Sunday afternoon. But, but yeah, it's a lot has changed. His Jimmy Lake now will... Well, right off as, uh, as the UW head coach, you know, we had the press conference at 9 in the morning because he had to get to recruiting this week because they don't come back, I believe, until late this weekend, but right. all week they're going to be recruiting. and, and December 20th, is
1: early signing day. And so early signing day is coming. Get those kids to make sure that, hey, everything's good. Yeah, we're keep, all Keep coming our way. Yep. It's okay. And, and interesting to how other coaches will work that. Hey, they got in some instability really aside. Yeah. Play for, whereas, yeah, I love playing for Jimmy Lake. Yeah, yeah, especially defensive guys. Oh, yeah. For sure. I'm and I
0: it's funny you mentioned that because they asked Jen Cohen, they're like, Hey, like, when you made this decision, like how were you able to make it so quickly? And like when did you know that Jimmy was the guy? And she says, I've had my eye on Jimmy over the last few years as a potential should this day come. Mm-hmm. So she knew right as she was alerted by Chris Peterson saying, Hey, I'm thinking about stepping down or I'm gonna step down, hey, Jimmy's on staff, he's our guy and that does help with recruiting where there's sure. there's no uncertainty because imagine what this is like now if there was no Jimmy Lake being named as head coach we're now on coach watch we're right. tracking flights what's going on and right. then these other schools start coming in saying hey they don't have a coach what's going on right. there's instability but
1: the offensive coordinator from the Vikings, Stefanski, yes, yes, Stefa- Should we yeah. ask him after the game? <laughs> you know all those things, right? Stefanski's in yeah. Seattle. Maybe he's also interviewing. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank God. Thank you. Right? So
0: all that stuff has been put to bed. There's a coach, and it's Jimmy Lake, and I think that definitely puts a lot of folks at ease, media included, so that we don't have to do all that stuff. So, yeah. But
1: I, I'm, I'm a fan.
0: It is definitely awesome. So we'll see what happens with the Huskies. But the Seahawks, what a win. Beating the Vikings last night, Mike, and uh, first place in the NFC West.
1: Nine and one games decided by four points or less. It's
0: cra- I keep thinking I mean, they it's make gonna, it interesting. They're playing with fire. I keep thinking it's going to flip on them, but they just keep pulling them. Ask
1: your question from what I saw on TV, but you were there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they got by seventeen. Do you think that that's the biggest lead they've had at home this year? Yeah. Do you think they took their foot off the gas just a little? Did, I mean. Lots of times that happens with just the human person. Anybody's yeah. human. human. Oh, okay, nature. I'm this far ahead. Uh, maybe just – and then here you have the Vikings that are a team that is really good at coming back, you know, and they, they didn't have any loss of the resolve. And then here here you go. It's a, it's a tight game. Did you feel that at all? I mean, you usually a Pete Carroll team, that doesn't happen, but I, I couldn't tell. I mean, because it wasn't I, – like, I didn't
0: feel that necessarily. Okay. I think – things can snowball quickly in football games and mm-hmm. one blown assignment boom LaQuan Treadwell touchdown and it's a quick touchdown so it's like we were all thinking oh 34-17 start of the fourth this right. is over then oh they scored in like 5 seconds right. game back on instantly and i think the vikings were like okay hey like maybe if we get a stop let's see what happens you know and so i didn't necessarily feel that there was any kind of letting off the gas i think it was just something that a mistake happened
1: and then here we go. Right. Booger McFarlane absolutely crucified Bradley McDougal <laughs> for that play. I mean, he just, I mean, I, I actually, I've come to like what he has to say. Uh, yeah. Booger, he's not bad. He's and, entertaining. Uh, yeah, everybody's going to, but he's, he's really raw, like as far as what he's you know, going to say. I mean, he doesn't really hold back. And he was completely right. Bradley totally bit on the guy going across the <laughs> middle, forgot about what's going on, the whole nature of his position as safety, and then there it went. <laughs> I mean it was like, like yeah, it was <laughs> on the replay, it was right there. It was just like, Wow, that was really bad. Of course he, you know, ate up Rhodes too for that miscommunication. Yeah. Rhodes is throwing his helmet for the uh David Moore touchdown catch. So yeah, it was an it was an interesting game, but I mean they're sitting now at ten and two. One of three teams ten and two in the NFC, yeah. uh, along with the Niners, who they, they beat, the Saints, who they lost to. Um, which brings up that interesting question: Do you want do you root for the Saints to be the Niners this weekend to put the Seahawks further up the division, or mm-hmm. do you root for the Niners to beat the Saints to give the Seahawks more than one seed with four games to go?
0: Ah, man. I I can never root for the Niners. Yeah, if you're a Seahawks fan, and I've seen the question floated out there, and I get the logic behind it, Mm -hmm. but you don't get cute in the NFL. Line one at the beginning of the season,
1: win the division. Win the division.
0: That is line one because that is how you secure what? A home playoff game, and this team has never made it to a Super Bowl having to play on the road. And obviously you might say, Oh, you just said that. Well, why don't you want the number one seed? Well, you know, the number one seed, you might be able to get that. You might not. Who knows? The Saints might trip up some point this season. It might yeah. they might lose to the Tennessee Titans. They still gotta go to Nashville to take on a Titans team that looks pretty good right now. Yep. So your goal, if you are the Seattle Seahawks, and it was why the Monday a couple weeks ago was so big is to finish ahead of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And until that is accomplished, that needs to be the goal at all times. Don't get cute, guys. I know yep. you want it all, but don't get cute. I think you would rather uh, – I think somebody posed a question out there on Twitter. They said, if I could guarantee you the two seed right now, would you take it? Or would you roll the dice, perhaps maybe getting a one seed or having to fall to a five seed? And if that was posed to me, to give me the two seed right now. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out what happens if we happen to win our game. Because you never know in the playoffs, there's upsets that happens. Who knows if the New Orleans Saints are the number one seed? Maybe they lose their game, and now you're hosting right. the NFC Championship. You don't, you can't control what happens, but you want what the two seed because it gives you most importantly a first round bye, and then it gives you that home playoff game
1: in the divisional round. And you know, we we can sit there and project these last four games aren't a given. They're not. I mean, you got you have to go to LA and play the Rams, and I, I was Which looking at a schedule lose on the. To. On the on the wall. What game was it Tampa Bay that Justin Britt got hurt? I can't remember what game. It was Atlanta. was, down, was it, it, it cuz you down were Atlanta. there. Right. Yep, okay. Yep. So they had Justin Britt for the Rams game cuz yes. that was game 5. I mean, Aaron Donald is He's ridiculous. Good, He's fun to watch. He, he does good. some crazy things. Joey Hunt's getting better and better. He's still an undersized center. They're going to need some help for him. Especially when it comes to Aaron Donald, he's not he seen anything like Aaron Donald. <laughs> no, I mean it's ridiculous what that guy and Ryan up across from him. I mean Joey got truck has gotten trucked a couple times, especially yeah. <laughs> in that Niners game. Yeah, I mean and the, the Rams scare me. This is this is on short mm-hmm. uh, short week going down to L.A. Primetime. A, a night game, Sunday which night. they do well in the in the prime time games. I know, especially in L.A. Pete, you know, being down there the Coliseum, but they have they have won there. Yeah, they, you know, against the Rams, they, the two times they've played there. And the Coliseum, they they've lost both. Yeah, and I th- I think it's it's the the
0: Rams' last stand. Mm-hmm. They're the NFC champs, NFC West champs. The last two years, they know that the season is slipping away. You saw the way they responded after being just blitzed by the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Right. They went and oh, blew out yeah. the Cardinals last Sunday. I think they know if they want any shot at saving their season they got to beat night. the Seahawks mm-hmm. so you will get the Rams absolute best effort a super bowl caliber effort and the Seahawks they're they're all they're all fat and sassy now after right. after a big win over the Vikings and hey we're first place we're first place you don't have a lot of time to kind of rest right. on those laurels because the Rams are going to throw the kitchen sink at you cuz
1: that's what worried me after Pittsburgh they were mm-hmm. riding high younger team 2-0 the message this week, which I think uh, Pete Carroll, I, I heard him say a bunch last night, haven't done anything yet. Haven't done anything. They yeah. haven't clinched playoff spot, right? 10-2, sure. But wh- what are you going to be? I mean, yeah. you're, you're you're a game between the, the two seed or a or six, you know, and <laughs> having to travel the to NMC, Philly NMC, to play man. the six and six Eagles or, or <laughs> yeah. go to, sorry, I mean, if I go to hey, Dallas hey, hey, to hey, hey. play the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 we'll see what happens. But, <laughs> Jason, Chris Peterson, next Cowboys head coach. Y- no, you never, you never know. We joked the, about it yesterday. He and Jerry would not. Also, work. You know, Jerry's going to come work. down with
0: that big old plane and come pick him up from, from mm. wherever lake he's on. And now, Chris, <laughs> tell me
1: how much money <laughs> it would it take for you to get recharged uh, and be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. John, uh, Cowboys. What did you say yesterday? <laughs> hey, Chris, just so you know. You have your press conference or I have mine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Here's how it's going to go. I will have a post game press conference as well. Man, that don't we'll get see. me started on but, that.
1: <laughs> one other thing on the Seahawks is, you know, I, you, you have to really appreciate the moments and being in the moment in life. You hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Even with our newscasts, we tend to look ahead. What, what's next? What's next? It's kind of the mantra in the, the television world. In these biz. Days. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, while at the same time, culturally, we're all on, hey, let's live in the moment. Let's savor the moment. Yeah. And savor this fantastic, what has amounted to almost a full decade of Seahawks football. It's I run. Mean, since Pete Carroll's been here and John Schneider. It's going to end sometime. Oh, Carroll's going to yeah. retire. John Schneider's going to get paid oodles of money to go somewhere else. Russell and, Wilson will yeah, retire. They, they, exactly. After 45, 40, yeah, 45 yeah. apparently. <laughs> um, but to be a fan and to do what we've been able to do as fans in this city and then watch this team. I mean, other than 17, Pete's had him in the playoffs every year. Yeah. I mean, relevant football in the month of December. You know, sitting on the edge of your seat. Um, kind of this infectious positivity that Pete Carroll has that has given Seattle sports just a jolt I mean to see it showcase last night on Monday Night Football like it was but I mean really savor this I mean look at some of these dumpster fires that are out there as Mm -hmm. far as I mean the Cleveland Browns so you have all this talent but the Washington Redskins oh they're they're dreadful I mean and you don't have a, a Snyder type owner which that's what would worry me if Bezos on the team Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or maybe he'd be hands-off. I, I, I don't know. Even though they'd all be flying on prime airplanes to get to their there games. Go. Um, <laughs> anyways, it, I mean, Alexa. it really is awesome. I mean, what, what they've been able to do. And who knows how far they're going to take it this year. If, we go, if, if you and I get to go to Super Bowl in Miami, it's going to be so much fun. Send me I mean, to Miami. You, who doesn't want to go? Book right? the tickets now. I mean, let's it's go. A, <laughs> it's a blast. It's, it's <laughs> absolute chaos. If you consider, like, the 05 Super Bowl to where it's going now, I mean, it's crazy. I, mean, I I, uh, who was the guy, the defensive back, Ike, for the Steelers? Ike Taylor. Ike Taylor. Yep. I remember sitting in the, like, tent outside the visitor hotel talking one on one with Ike Taylor at, at a table about, you know, how are you going to cover Dale Jackson, things like that. And now you can't get a guy one on one at these things. It's absolutely. Hey. <laughs> yeah, those are uh, e saying fun, hello yeah.
0: from yeah. us. But uh, I guess we better wrap yeah. things up here shortly. A- a- anyways, but...
1: what I was going to say is Super Bowls are crazy. They become bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier. That's Darren. He needs to talk to me. Yeah, Darren yeah.
0: really is uh, is on the line there. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, it's, enjoy
0: it, fans. Like we said, 10-2. <laughs> we got the 7-5 and 5 Rams here coming up here. And we got a phone call from Darren, our ENG yep, command I'm guy off. here. But hey, we thought we'd check in with you guys. Femi and Ferrari subscribe rate and review apple spotify google cast whatever you listen to tune in i think we might be on there as well but hope you've enjoyed it and uh we'll hopefully chat with you a little sooner than the yes. last time also Sooners mike later. safe travels to la Thanks, this weekend so ciao